It's the jam session year end special. It's another year and it's almost over. Can you believe it? That's the theme of today's episode. Can you believe it? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the final jam session of 2020. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Juliet. Um, we're going to look back for this podcast about to talk about the jam session top five. Can you believe this happened in 2020? We'll go over those. But I just want to look ahead. Amanda, we're coming up on our five-year anniversary of this podcast. I was just thinking that because it's also my five-year anniversary of moving to Los Angeles next year. And the two events happened pretty much simultaneously. Got off the plane, my own version of Party in the USA, and hopped into a podcast with you. And here we are. (laughs) We'll have to celebrate somehow. We'll have to figure out the date and celebrate. Um, Uh, That sounds lovely. So we're going to do our Can You Believe This All Happened in 2020 Top 5. And then we're going to do our personal Top 5, like things that we're happy with, excited about, just just our highlights of the celebrity world in 2020. Um, also doing Top 5s. We'll maybe go, just go back and forth. Uh, but first, we're going to go do Can You Believe This Happened in 2020? Because a, a lot still happened. Uh, uh, like so much and yet so little. It's funny. We're moving... Um, like full award season. Like we got through the Oscars and then the world kind of stopped after that. You're telling me. (laughs) And, uh, it's just funny to think about like, but in your experience, in your personal review of the year, like what was, what was some surprises that stood out to you? Just like time wise or like people wise, like what were you thinking? I mean, everything on this list, I, we really are doing, can you believe that this happened in 2020? Because there are a lot of stories things that did happen in the beginning of the year or kind of started in motion at the beginning of the year. And I would say many of the the celebrity narratives that seem like they've been going on forever and have spanned like different phases of world life in terms of pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, all actually did happen in this calendar year. For me, it was an exercise in kind of the weirdness of time every year, but specifically this year. So weird. In particular, like every season, so different. Like I was recently thinking about the summer and I was just like, I felt like I was a different person back then, six months ago. 
I think the other thing that we should say is that this is a, a podcast about celebrity and also this is a fairly celebratory, positive um, podcast in what was like a very difficult and challenging and tumultuous and sometimes, you know, really like revealing an educational year. But it's like everyone has gone through a lot. And I think our, again, as we said at kind of the beginning of the pandemic, we were going to focus on escapism. And I think that's where we are. I mean, the reality of 2020 seeps into a lot of these, but I just, you know, we're, we're, we're all just trying to make a, a happy space here. Let's kick it off. Start with number five, the advent of Dumois on Instagram and sort of an upending of the blind item landscape. This, I think of this first came to my attention June or July. I, I believe it's because Jax was spotted on this this Instagram and someone sent it to me. Um, and then we first talked about it back in August. And um, since then, they brought down Carl Lentz. And there's been some speculation about who is running this account. And I feel like for you and me, we really felt that this was sort of um, a challenge to the way that we see celebrity blind items. And it was fascinating talking it through. Yeah. So I was reading the New York Times piece about Dumois that was written in the style section and yet revealed nothing about um, the identity of the person who runs Dumois, who she wants to remain anonymous, which I guess that's fine. I'm very curious whether anyone is funding Dumois, you know? Um, And again, it's always important to check your sources and, and check the motivations of the people sharing any type of information with you. Uh, but it said that she started literally on March 18th. That's of this year, which is an amazing pandemic, um, you know, timeline. And I do feel like even though you and I struggled with Dumois, and again, I'm not in the group, so I don't know what's going on over there today or this week. I stopped, or- I stopped paying attention. I stopped paying attention a couple months ago. First of all, the volume. If you have a day job, very hard to keep up with. I can't, I just can't keep refreshing. Um, and second of all, I think a lot of it's just wrong. I, I just like dis I dislike the spread of misinformation. Yeah. So I, that's what I was going to say. I think in a lot of ways it was a reflection, not just of celebrity culture, but information in 2020 and, and, and the kind of, there's a lot going on and you don't know what's true or not and misinformation and fake news and people getting upset about stuff is obviously not limited to 2020. And it's certainly not limited to celebrity. Uh, I understand that, but that feeling of just being like, there's so much being thrown at me. I have no idea whether any of this is true. Uh, does any of this matter? Like this all seems a bit ugly at times. Uh, definitely applies to certain other aspects of this year. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think also, um, so one rumor that that permeated the internet a couple weeks ago is that the person running this account is Jamie Gleitcher, who, do you remember her? Did you watch Rich Girls on um, MTV back in like 2002, 2003. It was, was the Ali Hill show. Yes. I was going to say, was that the Ali Hill show? I've seen a yes. couple episodes. I don't remember the person who's not Ali Hill who was on I that loved, show. I loved Rich Girls and Jamie Gleisher is the, is the other one on it. She's like a, a luggage fortune heir. Um, mm-hmm. For some reason, it was rumored to be her. I don't really believe that because Demois the account is actually like old. It, it was like a newsletter or something. And then it went dormant and then reactivated on March 18th. So I don't believe that it's her, but I just was like, this is a fast, this is another piece of like fascinating misinformation related to this story. Um, and 
I do find one thing interesting among the other information. And, you know, of course, the Carl Lentz thing started here. Um, so many of the updates have become really mundane, I think partially to avoid litigation, but it's a lot of like gawker stalker of like spotted this person here. And what Dumois has been doing is really not that different than so many other waves of, of anonymous gossip, but just brought to a platform that encourages like addictive behavior. So then the account became addictive. And so just, it was fascinating to me to see people like just getting rabid over like Timothy Chalamet's sightings. It's like, do you really, it, it just was like such a throwback, but on like a new platform, what's old is new again. Yeah, I think you're right. The platform and also like the level of investment and people willing to just really spend a lot of time on an Instagram story versus a comment section. In a lot of ways, it's a comment section, yeah. you know? Yes, anyway. absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Number four, Jada Pinkett Smith brings herself to the red table to talk to Will Smith about entanglements. I just an incredible thing that happened. And this was a real... I was looking back kind of at everything we'd covered on Jam Session, kind of looking at the the year in celebrity. And I was like, oh my God, this happened. The Will Smith memes happened. Uh, just Red Table. And listen, Red Table is in the consciousness now. It, it, oh, it yeah. has always been in the consciousness. It's like hugely successful. And, you know, every three or four months, they have like a major, major guest. And in a lot of ways to me is the most fascinating form of celebrity coverage because people just willingly go on and do therapy in front of a camera. And that's like the goal. This, it being Jada Pinkett Smith herself was just tremendous because she knows the language of her own show. And I just, I, wow. I know. Also, as discussed at the time, it doesn't get more famous than the Smith family. Like really yeah. the only other person I, I would say who's like kind of on this level where they, they can go away and disappear for a little while. And then they do something big and you hear a lot about them. It's Tom Cruise. who brief detour. Way to change the narrative away from his COVID rant by planting that he's dating Haley Atwell. That's just like the most old school move they could have possibly pulled. Tom Cruise playbook, not updated since the year 2000. <laughs> I completely agree and I'm so entertained by it. I it's just so funny. It's, it's so funny. It's so transparent. And poor Haley Atwell. <laughs> yeah, I, at least I, I think she's probably safe on a COVID set now because we know how seriously all of those uh, regulations are taken. And she's working and I love Haley Atwell and I really love the mission. I love Impossible her too. Franchise. She's in so. she's in two of my favorite things, like ever. One being in Howard's End on stars and the other the other being the best episode ever of one of the best TV shows ever be right back episode of black mirror. So I just wanted more for Haley Atwell than to be, um, a publicity story, but you know, she's a great actress. Carry on Haley Atwell. Anyway, right back to red table talk because the Smith family and, and this couple are so famous together. Um, them sort of bringing their relationship front and center, whether it was completely authentic to who they are as a couple when the cameras aren't around is kind of like besides the point, but they decided to like make their relationship something for people to talk about and by talking about it themselves. And that's like a really fascinating choice reveals really thick skin. And I think a real sense of like confidence and, and, um, and sort of like grasp and, and, you know, as, as discussed at the time as well, wasn't completely fair to August. And I think there's a lot, there was, there's still a lot to parse there, but it, as like, um, as a sort of, you know, Tom Cruise in an attempt to control what was being discussed. It was really fascinating. 
Yeah, I was going to say they understand how to be celebrities and they understand how to be celebrities in 2020. It is rare that kind of older generation or it's the 90s to 2000s to 2020s uh, transition. People like often don't really know how to deal with the Internet. They don't know how to deal with social media that like, you know, not everyone has a show on Facebook Watch, which is just speaking to a lot of people. That's a huge platform. And so they demonstrate just um, survival instinct in terms of celebrity. And that is notable and impressive. I think you're right to point out that it definitely left a couple people in the the, the wake. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, Will Smith was made into a meme for all time. So uh, it's, it's like a new crying Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Which also happened this year. Incredible. I know. Incredible. The last dance was a, was really fun. That was like phase one of the pandemic. That was like kind of a yeah. big event. That was, that was a fun time. Loved those memes yeah. as well. The music one in particular was really good. Mm-hmm. Memes, still fun, even in a pandemic, especially yeah. during a pandemic. Yeah. Um. Okay, number three, patron saint of Jam Session, Brad Pitt. He went on his award season tour primarily in 2020. Brad Pitt won an Oscar in 2020. Brad Pitt and... Uh, Jennifer Aniston looked at each other backstage at an awards show in 2020, <laughs> which is like, that's what happened. They looked at each other and they some also, cameras were there. They touched wrists or like they did like a wrist to wrist okay. grab. Yeah, they did that. And then they did the the live table reading also in 2020. Uh, Brad Pitt renovated a home on HGTV in 2020 with the help of the Property Brothers. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. And taught us about the Santa Monica Flats and about the setback laws of the city of Los Angeles. So, and the hierarchy for one person, for the, the makeup artist, like client hierarchy in, in Hollywood as well. Right. All in this calendar year. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And he thanked his kids at the Oscars as we so dearly hoped he would. Um, and you just treated Brad Pitt in all caps, which is, I think that's just the summation, Brad Pitt in all caps. There we go. It's cr- that really feels like a different life. I mean, mm-hmm. celebrating once upon a time in Hollywood feels like a different life. I mean, God, how crazy, but Brad Pitt, nevertheless, it, he's just a, he's a force. It was it was special. We really needed that celebrity IOU episode when it came along. That was really very early days in the pandemic. And I think that was the end of March. So Brad Pitt, we thank you now we and do. forever. Number two, it feels like this couple has been around a long time. They're certainly not following Amanda's timetable guidelines. However, Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, they started dating during quarantine. I mean, there's some questions about their travels and such, but at least we came to know they were dating during quarantine. Yes, I was going to say the the public debut of their relationship. I want to say February. I like they went on. I think maybe they were traveling, and some of the airport photos came to light, and then the Instagram post of them on the beach with the very blurry photos taken by Ben Affleck, which I just or were they taken? But no, they were taken by Ben Affleck, uh, and they the were, light. Yes was not what you wanted all happened in 2020. And as you noted, they are reportedly now living together, which is a bit faster than my traditional rules laid out for how to have a successful time relationship. I do want to say I'm, I'm a human being. I understand that the pandemic was extraordinary circumstances and people respond in relationships on their own in different ways. And so if that was what made sense for them, 
and they're both happy in it. It's going to be no judgment for me. I've taken too much joy from from watching all of this happen via photos on the Venice sidewalk. There was a lot of travel for them as well. Like we know they went to Joshua Tree. Um, I believe they went to Portugal. I think they also went somewhere in the Caribbean. But, you know, they did based on those pictures you referenced. Um, a lot of travel for Ben and Anna. We've been all over the all over the map with these two. It's also just funny, like the rise and fall, not really rise and fall, but rise and sort of plateauing of Armis updates and Anna to Armis blocking Armis updates and Armis updates taking a break from the internet. There was a whole economy around banana and it's kind of, um, yeah, it's a, it's a true pandemic phenomenon. I had completely forgotten that Anna to Armis updates was for a while, like a early wear your mask account uh, paired with the celebrity photos before we moved into the self-aware, what does it mean to be a Stan account, which I, which was very fascinating. And then we moved into the, does Anna Darmus really need to be photographed taking her sugar fist sushi into the home, which also a valid question. We went through all the stages, both of, I guess, a celebrity paparazzi experience and also a 2020 on the internet experience uh, all in what nine months? Yeah, yes, Lit- literally, pretty pretty wild. I, I feel like also Anna Armas is just like way more famous now than she was at, at the start of um, the year when she was in a movie that was part of award season. Yes, and I think that was always like part of the plan. She was in Knives Out, which was a award season, also like a huge financial success. I think a lot of people saw it. She was Great going movie. to be very fun, good good yeah. movie to watch again if you're home. Yeah, I agree, and a great family movie. Uh, I was about to say she was going to be, but she still is in the Bond movie. Whenever we actually do get to see the Bond movie, she'll be in that. And obviously that is like a huge platform as well. And what's interesting is that kind of the the Bond movie is one of the things where the publicity machine was already in effect Emotion, yeah. before, before the pandemic. And then it got bumped again. So they did the the Bond publicity machine twice. So I think she's gotten a lot of that attention uh, as well. And then she's she's going to be in a lot of movies next year. She's in that Bond movie. She's in the movie with Ben Affleck that started this relationship. I mean, I'm assuming that's how they met. So, I, but yes, I agree. Definitely a, like a lot higher profile than she was at the beginning of the year. She's, I'd call her a pandemic winner, but we're not doing winners and losers. Yeah, but it also, no. have any of us won? No. No. Anyway, number one on our list started... Nearly one year ago in January, the Megxit. An obvious and just a mind bending. Um, and and in a, they've lived so much life in this year. Yeah, I was going to say, in a way, in one way, they have absolutely uh, no relationship to the way any of us have experienced 2020. And in another way, they totally do because their lives are completely different than they were in January. Now, they have gone through geographical and existential and family change in a major way. And I think a lot of people have. A lot of people uh, are living in a different place than they were, or certainly living in a different way, interacting with their job in a different way, interacting with their family in a different way, and, and, and in ways that possibly were not expected of by themselves or by anybody else. So it makes sense. It's also just mind-blowing that it was this calendar year and that we spent so much time on it. We spent so much time on it. 
And also that they got like their final trip as royals. Megan in that stunning um, turquoise dress in the rain. Like that's another thing that just like happened right in the nick of time. That was the very beginning of March that they did their final tour as senior royals. And they had the awkward um, church encounter with with Kate and Will. Um, oh my God. And, um, you know, they really like, They've actually, you know, for all of the critiques we have of them, which I think we're quite nice to them, but um, and many other, many other people have, they've actually accomplished a lot in like nine months. They've they've repaid the renovations on Frogmore Cottage. They've signed up with Spotify and Netflix, and they did, you know, several podcasts. And you know, Megan wrote like a, a impactful editorial about the miscarriage she suffered, and they've actually like, accomplished a lot. They've been really productive, like almost on the Taylor Swift level. Yeah. And a complete reinvention in a year where it was both very difficult to do that. And again, like we all had to reinvent our lives in one way or another. So it's fascinating. I still just, I can't believe that that was January. I know we've been saying that a lot, but I just can't wrap my head around it. I hope they have a nice Christmas. I do too. With their, their neighbors, Oprah and Ellen. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear are so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Yes. Um, let's do our personal list. Amanda, kick it off with your with your things you like this year. Well, this is kind of my peak. It's 
March and the pandemic is happening and I don't really know what to do uh, as none of us did. And so I just got really invested in the uh, Dakota Johnson architectural digest tour and specifically the table that she had made out of wood from Winston Churchill's yacht. Amazing. And, and that will always just be to me the memory of like, it was a very strange time. No one knew where to put their emotions. And I found escapism in Dakota Johnson just being like, this was made from Winston Churchill's yacht. I, what can you say? <laughs> um, it was very quirky and mm-hmm. um, just was like a lot more of Dakota Johnson than I think I was expecting. Like we just got a lot more of her. It was a fairly lengthy architectural digest video as far as, far as those go. Um, and it was also like when there was real like legacy content of like, Oh, there's no acknowledgement of what the world is like at this moment mm-hmm. in this video. And now, mm-hmm. and now unless if it's unscripted, if it's anything unscripted, like there has to be a COVID acknowledgement, even on reality TV, all over reality TV. And so it was sort of like very much a time capsule of like something. I don't, we don't even know when it was taken, but it was like a time capsule of Dakota Johnson at rest. And that, and none of, and it's just never been the same. A, a time capsule of frivolity and weirdness and a, another form of celebrity content for sure. My number five was revisiting Hamilton on the release of the Disney plus film. Um, and before that, with John Krasinski's some good news, he did a Hamilton reunion essentially, which I now feel like was possible. Like everyone was like at the time gearing up for the Hamilton publicity machine. So I feel like it's one of the reasons why he was able to make that happen for some good news. I didn't, of course we didn't know. Um, but I love Hamilton. I love having it available to me 24 seven. And it was really exciting just to have like the world's most decent human Lin-Manuel Miranda, like front and center again, um, for a couple of weeks. And then the Hamilton cast has done so much fundraising for various campaigns and Hamilton. I still love it. So I was just happy to like revisit the good vibes. I was going to say that our number five picks both share an interest in history, which, you know, as you know, one of our... <laughs> One of the jam session passions. Uh, yours is possibly a little more nuanced and uh, developed in its exploration of history. But yeah, there you go. Your turn. Number four. Oh, that's right. Who do I have? Right. Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book, <laughs> is a book that I read in 2020 and is also a book that a lot of other people read. I missed the first wave. The first wave, that I believe the book was released in February and a lot of people wrote like, wow, what an interesting memoir and a reflection on celebrity and candidness. And then I read it in quarantine and felt a lot of the same way. So I, you know, it, it was a, both like a flashback to a very different time and a very different type of celebrity than the ones that I usually invest in, but also kind of the way that they are, maybe not the way they're made. And I, I thought that was interesting. She is, she's again, very candid about every aspect of her life in this book, but the, the kind of the mechanism and, and, and the, the pressures put on celebrities and the, the way that we talk to them, she reflects a lot about kind of her public image and the way that people were very cruel to her. And, you know, it's not new. People are very cruel to celebrities and to everyone else all of the time on the internet. In a lot of ways that's only escalated, but she has a lot of clarity about kind of how that was emerging um, in a way that I thought was really insightful and also had a lot of things to say about all of the people that she dated. She names names, which I Love enjoy. It. 
Yeah, me too. And again, it's it's coming. It's you know, it's authentic. You know, it's coming from the the actual source. So, I I do think I recommend it. I think in some ways it's really analytical and like self aware. And in some ways, I wish it were more examined. But uh, you know, it's a celebrity memoir. Love celebrity memoirs. It's a good way of like of just having a little a little fun mm-hmm. at home. Number four for me. This is really esoteric, but um. Around uh, Passover, Cynthia Erivo and Shoshana Bean, Shoshana Bean, two Broadway stars, particularly Cynthia Erivo, also in several movies, um, they did a cover of When You Believe, the Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston song. And it's just like so beautiful. It's available on YouTube. And that's just like one of the best songs ever. Every, I like will forget about it and then remember it every Passover. And um, I just love that song. And I just like... There was a lot of at-home content. This was a piece of it. There was like this like like kind of like online Seder telethon thing around Passover, and this is a piece of it. I'm really over the at-home content. I do not want low production quality anymore, as we've discussed. But this was really just so beautiful. If you like that song, if you like good vocals, just recommend it. It's beautiful. An unbelievable Juliet pick that, quite frankly, I didn't know <laughs> happened until you shared this list with me five minutes before we started recording. But that's great. That's it's important to have personal passions always. It's also an extension of um, me just being really back in touch with how much I love Mariah Carey. Like I always have. I've never wavered. Yeah. But like I just felt it so deeply this year, like as we retreated into our safe emotional spaces for me in terms of celebrity and music that is the entire number ones compilation and then revisiting both butterfly and my all um and uh yeah i just love the music of mariah gary did you see the very upsetting i want to say well-intentioned though i don't know but upsetting mariah carey christmas ornament that was posted and then no. mariah retweeted it just being like this is not approved who but did thank you mariah? for trying mariah oh. carey did yeah no. being like this is not approved but i I enjoy it. I don't know whether she is actually involved in her social media accounts or not, but uh, they're great. I'd like to think she is. Did don't you, don't mean, tell me if she's not. I don't I don't care if she is. I mean, I agree. I don't want to know. Um, I love Mariah Carey. I love her music. Love yeah. this cover. Check it out. All right. Your turn. Okay. Number three. Number three, also from Architectural Digest, because as you noted, it was at some point in 2020, we had to go to our safe emotional spaces. Do you remember Drake's giant master bedroom? Of course. Yes. How could I have forgotten it? I did forget about it until you brought it up though. I did forget about it. And then I looked at it again and I looked at all of Drake's apartment and I would say that it's a not insignificant portion of my life and my wants have been dedicated to knowing more about Drake and specifically his residential choices, how he, remember his grotto and his pool? Yeah. Yeah. So a particular area of interest for me. And then in April, Architectural Digest delivered with a, just a truly unbelievable tour through Drake's unbelievable home. And I'm just grateful to know about it <laughs> and to to know that he has that much residential space and that much that much room in his bedroom. I hope he had a nice um, Hanukkah. Me too. I feel like we didn't get enough Drake this year. I think, I guess I didn't. I mean, this was a lot. I did also, maybe it was that I wasn't looking. I think mm. that we got some updates. You know, we learned, I think we saw Adonis and got some Adonis sure updates. Did. And that very was nice. Cute. Very, very and cute. I, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm grateful for what we get. That's a really positive way of looking at it. I'm just, Thank I'm just you. Like, when's the last banger? Well, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. All righty. Next. 
on my list, number three, Emily Gratikowski's essay about um, owning who owns her picture and the sexual assault that she um, was a victim of. And uh, we had her on and talked about the, the, the essay at great length. So you should check out those episodes. I think we both love a good essay. So I just like love the writing. And on just a very personal level, I felt really challenged to think about how I classified Emily Ratajkowski in my head as like who she was as a human, as like a beautiful person, as a model, and certainly not as a wonderful essayist and thinker. I had like, that did not, uh, that had not occurred to me. And so I think like, not only did she highlight something really like harrowing and I think probably, uh, just like a really, and, and like just write like a really vital essay. But I, I think that like, for me personally, just the sort of having to rethink how I classify people based on how they look is really valuable, especially in a year when we've been talking about race so much. Um, I think there's just like so many ways in which you participate in bias like every day. And this one really just really hit, hit home for me. I had to think about it a lot. So I really admire her writing. I recommend it in her bravery as we've talked a lot about. And I just thought like, I just thought it was really noteworthy. I completely agree. And to examine not just how we think about models or Emily Ratajkowski, but how we relate to celebrities and paparazzi photos and getting to talk to Emily herself about the paparazzi photos, which I was a privilege. And, you know, I'd like to thank her again. Um, this was a year of re-examining our relationship to a lot of things and how we see people and how we act on that and how we consume information and how we participate in the world. And I, it definitely shaped my thinking as well. It was, it's, it's pretty, um, impressive. I'm looking forward to her book. And just love, love a great essay. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to talk to her. Really, really cool. Thanks to yeah. her for her time. Okay. Oh, I, I'm up now. My number two is uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of, uh, well, it's very frivolous, but that's okay. Uh, Absolutely. Paul Meskel's chain and Daisy <laughs> Edgar Jones's bangs. And by extension, Normal People, which is less frivolous and is one of my favorite TV shows of the year. So Normal People was this year. Another show that came out at the beginning of 2020 that I was like, wow, this year. High Fidelity. Loved it. My most listened song on Spotify wrapped this year was Come On Eileen. Mm. And that is because of the amazing music cue, I think, in episode one of High Fidelity when they dance in the record store to Come On Eileen. And they're just like, this is an absolute jam. Let me tell you, it is. Anyway, Paul Meskel's chain. That was just a thing that happened. And the, and so the creation of, of Paul Meskel as a celebrity overnight. And then Daisy Edgar Jones's bangs, which are just like a personal touch point for me because I'd like everyone to know that I made it through 2020 without, without getting, getting bangs. Them. I didn't get <laughs> bangs. I resisted it. I got a lot of support and feedback from people just saying it's, you know, good to admire things, but it's also good to know your own limits. And I listened to that. And so I'm grateful for that support and I'm grateful for this show and grateful for these people. When I was looking at your list, which yeah, and you send over five minutes before you recorded, I was Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, who's got a similar look Dakota Johnson and Daisy Edgar Jones. That's true. They do. But I feel like, I feel like she's, you know, Dakota's come close to those banks. Clearly not quite as good, but I agree. Normal people was just a wonderful, wonderful show. Watched it multiple times. I mean, Paul Meskel, so hot. Daisy Mm -hmm. Edgar Drone, so hot. Just a great, great show. Um, and a great adaptation. Almost like everything that I really liked this year was an adaptation of books. I feel like most years I just, if it's related to books, that's where my, 
That's where my passion is. So I'm Are you going to watch The Flight Attendant, Amanda? No. Is that an adaptation of a book? Yes, it is. I like it. I recommend it. The show or the book? The show. I'm into it. Okay. I, HBO as Max you know, has got it going on. It, they do. I'm a little... My husband has great affection for Kaylee Cuoco and I feel a way about it. And so, so I just Chris like Ryan. don't... Yeah. So I just... It has not... All respect to Kaylee Cuoco. It has nothing to do with her and everything to do with me and my own anxieties. But I don't know whether I'm going to be uh, joining it on the flight attendant. But I'm happy that it brings you joy. Okay. Um, number two on my list, the sea change that's happening in reality TV. So we got Kardashians leaving E, ending their current show. Who knows what awaits at Hulu? I dread it, but at least something's ending. Um, half the cast of Vanderpump was, was fired for being a trash human. The Real Housewives of New York cast its first black housewife who I'm really excited about Ebony Williams previously heard on the Bakari sellers podcast. Um, Southern charm, which is on Bravo is like currently in the middle of like a very strange and hard to watch season where they're grappling with the, like the, the protest following George Floyd's murder and the call for taking down monuments as people on their cast are ta- are descendants of these slave owners. And, um, there's just like, I think the reckoning that took place in this country has has come to reality TV. And I don't want to say has take has take place as it's still happening. I don't want to suggest it's over, but it's just like um when reality TV actually reflects a movement or a shift or something happening in the world, um, from you know, a Black Lives Matter movement to the I I hope um depreciating influence of the Kardashians, like it's I, I find it thrilling because it's so frequently not reflective of reality. And so it's as like someone who's professionally and emotionally invested in the form, it's been pretty fascinating. And, and, um, I think there's just, I think it's going to be different on television in like two years. Yeah. As you know, I don't watch any of these shows, so I don't have a ton to add to that, except I think everything that you said is great. And my number one, No, no, I do. And I think I think this idea of something that you're invested in reflecting both what's happening in the world and hopefully the the values that you would like to see in the world yeah. um, is like I, I understand that. And to some extent, my number one is the same thing. My number one, who has previously been discussed very recently, is Naomi Osaka, who is just a hero of mine at a very young age. She had a tremendous year in tennis and she also had a tremendous year in activism. And uh, she joined as, as has been documented now in, in Vogue and she got a piece in the, in the New York times as well, which is really exciting that it, it seems that people are really honoring this amazing year that she had, but she did. She tennis, like everything else was put on hold from the pandemic. And so she um, became involved and joined the protest in Minneapolis after George Floyd's murder. She brought kind of the NBA walkout to tennis and, you know, declined to play uh, in the Cincinnati Open and brought a lot of visibility there. And then at the U.S. Open, she wore the masks uh, with names of black victims of violence. Uh, Breonna Taylor, Philando Castile, Alicia McCain, Ahmaud Arbery, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, and just really brought the Black Lives Matter movement front and center to tennis, which is a sport that has a complicated relationship to race and and activism. And I just, I so admire what she did and I admire how she did it. Tennis is an individual sport and for her to be such a leader at such a young age 
all by herself with so many people looking at her is, um, I admire it so much. And she just, it's kind of what I want to see in a celebrity because she is doing all of this and doing it on her own terms. And as you said earlier this week, it's the combination of the personal and the political in a really inspiring way. And she, you know, I've also really enjoyed the personal for Naomi Osaka. Like she's in just a really lovely, like, relationship with Corday and like they are they are effusive and that's it's just like young love it's very sweet and her instagram is great and i you know i think about that the video of her trying to learn the thriller dance with some of her core fans mm. friends um it's just it's really lovely to see someone not even figuring things out because that that sounds dismissive but just to get to 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 watch her yeah she's and, being a leader she's leading yeah and and to get to watch her as an activist and as a tennis player, by the way, she won the U.S. Open. That was amazing. She's a fantastic tennis player. I love tennis and I love that this is the way the tennis is going. And I love that the way that this is celebrity is going. So I just thank you, Naomi Osaka. I, I think it's been really hard to calibrate like the sort of the, the serious and the frivolous and um, with really talented and, and deft public figures like her. That's she makes it a lot easier for us. Um, especially when she's good at so many things, someone like that. Um, my number one, just personal joy, Patrick Dempsey returning to the Grey's Anatomy universe and, um, doing interviews and like just being a person back in my Grey's Anatomy world, thinking about it. still makes me tear up. I just, to be able to pinpoint a feeling of joy, is like so is so funny, um, especially right now. I, I think that also like just feelings of feelings of joy are, are really um, amplified as a result of the daily doldrums of coronavirus and uh, other other factors. And so I will never forget where I was and how I felt when I saw Doctor McDreamy on the beach one more time. I'll never forget the photo that you sent me of you <laughs> crying. Like the selfie that you took of your reaction. I had reaction to commemorate the moment. It was so big. To a Grey's Anatomy. Has he come back, by the way, since? He was on the subsequent s- episode. I think. Okay. I don't, I don't know anything, but my prediction is Meredith Grey actually dies and that they, um, they meet one more time and then they go off together. Okay. And then does the show end? I'm concerned it's not going to. Okay. It might be the end for me if Meredith dies to be honest. I love okay. Bailey, but I don't know. Like Meredith is, is the access in which the world turns. Can I ask you your thoughts on, because historically you are a great believer in don't kill the character, recast the character. Yeah. Does that apply in this circumstance? No. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. It's important <laughs> to ask these questions. At one point, like many years ago when, um, there was Lexi gray, Meredith's half sister. It was like, well, Meredith could die and would just live on with Lexi gray. And I don't know, they've constructed all of these like sisters for Meredith over the years. Um, well, and now she has another half sister, Maggie, and then she's sister-in-law. She calls her sister Amelia, but if there's no Meredith, not watching, but this is besides the point. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hijack this, but, um, I just thank you to, uh, the wonderful secrecy and rollout of Patrick Dempsey's return to ABC. So it was such a, it's just soaring high. I'll never forget it. It's like so wonderful. It, it was great. I, as I said to you, Juliet, explains Grey's Anatomy is my favorite recurring podcast segment. So in some sense, I hope I, I don't want it to end because I'd like to keep hearing the wacky things that are happening on that show through you and I'll, your joy. I'll, I'll do my best to tell you. Okay. It, it was honestly like just a lot happened this year somehow. And we didn't even like talk about any books. 
That's true. We didn't, t- I don't know. We can do another book thing. Another Maybe time. after the holidays. Yeah. Oh, are you going to spend, reading is pretty much the thing that I'm doing this holiday I'm looking season. forward to it as well. I was actually yeah. thinking of start, starting tonight and okay. um, just diving into a book. I don't know. It's just, it's just been uh, quite a year with these celebrities as we've all just been broadcasting ourselves, whether it's on a podcast or on Instagram or picking up your sugar fish outside your house un, uh, <laughs> unknowingly being broadcasted. So thank you so much to listening to jam session all year. Yes. Thank you. Have a safe and, and happy holidays. Um, uh, and we will see you in 2021 for the five year anniversary. Of oh jam my session. God. I Crazy. Know. Happy holidays, everybody. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.